welcome to Switchbacks, a travel podcast where we reflect on our year visiting all 59 U.S. national parks. Whether you are planning to visit your very first park or you bleed gray and green, we're here to share our insights on exploring, understanding, and loving America's best idea. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we're sharing our top 10 ranger programs that we joined in on last year. What's up, Cole? Not what much. You, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a Goose Island winter ale. Is it- <laughs> because I think they had to get rid of those uh, winter variety packs. It's very much winter right now. And I got them on super duper sale. So you know me. I'm drinking something way better. Bargain shopper. What, what are you drinking? I'm drinking some loose leaf tea green tea from Myanmar oh yeah so that my dad brought me home yeah tell it tell him about that your dad went to Myanmar pronounced Myanmar did we did we verify that yes okay what was he doing there he did a mission trip for um for optometry so he went with a bunch of other doctors and did donate a bunch of glasses and met with some of the rural areas to bring eye care to their people it was awesome he loved it he got to do a little bit of touring too um and it made us really excited for that sort of area of the world that we might be visiting one day southeast asia is definitely high on our list one day as in this summer perhaps perhaps we will see we'll keep you guys extra posted but we'll see nothing has been purchased yet just a lot of dreams (laughs) but i thought yeah i thought your dad uh it it was really cool when he told us he was going to do that especially since it's you know travel with a purpose you know i love that uh whole idea that you're just not going to uh, take some photos to go on some tours but you're actually linking up with the local community you're you know experiencing what um a more true version of people's life yeah you got to do that too in uganda I somewhat did. it was less volunteering yeah more, was... more business related but still with a purpose Mm-hmm. still got to interact with the locals a lot yeah it and it does make a huge difference when you're able to do that when you're able to have any type of contact even when you're able to meet up with a relative and they show you around their hometown or something i i love that just a ton more than going to TripAdvisor, which we i do act- that too yeah <laughs> definitely do that. i actually did that in north carolina where i was over the weekend um and yeah we were in winston-salem at wake forest university did you do anything fun you haven't even told me this yet Oh, did oh. you do any fun trip advisor things? <laughs> what did trip advisor tell you to do? What's the number one activity in in Winston Salem? Oh, the number one activity is some museum, but the one that we almost went to was number three. It is a cemetery called God's Acre. It's a Moravian cemetery. I don't know. That's a a group of people. I think. I don't know what type of people they were. We didn't actually go to the cemetery, so... <laughs> Sounds fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like you're giving be able to give a lot of insight into it. Right. Anyway. But, but yeah, 
uh, lots of fun stuff coming up for us. 18, right? 18 more days of work. Mm, it's really man. exciting until it's summer. So yeah, anyway. And my my program at uh, my graduate program ends super early, like May 5th is my last final. So that's pretty cushy. Yep. You know what's not cushy? What? Losing in, in quiz games. <laughs> Gosh. You ready for Parks in the News? Yeah, I guess so. Okay, so today's theme of our podcast is Ranger Program, so I thought it would be appropriate if we if our Parks in the News was centered around Ranger Programs as well. So here's how it's going to work. I'm going to read you the description of the program, and you're just going to tell me the park, the national park where it takes place. Okay, bring it on. I think you'll do pretty well with this. Okay, here's the first one. It's called Day Out with Thomas. Take a train ride with Thomas the Tank Engine. It's the perfect day out for the whole family. Enjoy magicians, bounce houses, balloon artists, face paints, face painting, and more. Don't read that next one. So that's a description of a ranger program somewhere. Yes, at a national park. There's a big ol' hint. Big ol' hint. It's gonna hit you like a train. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know... Well, there are several places that have trains, but the one that jumps to mind is Cuyahoga Valley. Ding, ding, ding. All right. Okay, close your eyes for this one because I think it gives it away. Okay. Okay. The From Shore to Sea lecture series is sponsored by this national park. Past lecture topics have included the recovery of the sea otter populations in the area, survival strategies of open water fishes, new approaches to understanding kelp forest ecosystem health, and park efforts to restore the prisoner's harbor wetland interesting so it's a lecture series called from shore to sea i'm gonna say i mean there's plenty of shore and sea in the national parks at first i was thinking glacier bay because we saw sea otters there and uh, then i thought maybe it's channel islands that's my final answer you good job all right okay here's the next one Discover the enduring connections between people and the sea. Search for wildlife as you cruise to Little Cranberry Island for a stop at the Islesford Historical Museum and explore the scenic fjord of Somme Sound. Oh, I totally know this one. It is, you know, there's a couple islands up there off the coast, and we didn't get to any of them because... No, we're so sad. We didn't do any ranger programs here. It was about October when everything was winding down for the season in good old Acadia, Maine. Good job. Good job. I told you you'd be do you'd do well at these. I think they're interesting, though, because they're super unique. Yeah. I tried to pick some unique ones. I like that. Here is a super, super unique program. Close your eyes again, because... There's part that gives it away. Okay, this is a naturalization ceremony held at this national park this year, this month, this April. Okay? Help welcome a dozen new U.S. citizens as they are sworn in with this desert as the backdrop. The formal ceremony, working in collaboration with the United States Citizen and Immigration Services, is open to the public. So with this desert as in it's a it's a capital d desert in a national park a very famous capital d desert in a national park well there's 
Mojave Desert. Uh, there's mm-hmm. the Sonoran Desert. Okay, it's not the. It's not a name of a desert. Oh, there's the Painted Desert. Um, you can open your eyes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, you never told me. Unless that helps you, I don't know. Go okay, ahead. and uh, naturalization ceremony, huh? Yep. So immigrants are being naturalized into citizens. Is that it? Yeah, they're they're yeah they're becoming U.S. citizens. Okay. It's just a, a formal ceremony for the process that that people get to be a part of celebrating. Can the public go? Oh my gosh, just answer. <laughs> it's open to the public. That was my I shouldn't have oh. to repeat this. <laughs> well, my eyes your were eyes closed. Were, your, I, I your eyes couldn't were closed. Hear anything. You should have been concentrating uh, even more. Petrified forest. Yes, good. Yes. Good job. It was painted desert. Okay, here's the next good one. Good job, Cole. This is this is a 2-hour tide pool walk. Get your hands and feet wet while discovering delicate tide pool creatures. A park ranger naturalist leads this investigation into the hidden world beneath the waves. This one could be a lot, but that's why you have to get at least one wrong. Yeah. I figure. I mean, the ones, the ocean parks down south, like Biscayne and um, Dry Tortugas, I guess, Virgin Islands, they don't really have that many tide pools from what I remember. What have tide pools are places like Acadia, uh, but we've already mentioned that, uh, places like Glacier Bay, but what I'm going to guess is Olympic National Park. Womp womp. That's a good guess. It's another park along the Pacific Northwest coast. Redwoods. Yep. Redwood. Nice. Half a point. Very good. Uh, I'm not giving you half a point for that. No points. (laughs) You actually, that was that was the um, all or nothing question. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so you lose. Good job. <laughs> Shall we move on to our very full discussion today about ranger programs, the coolest part of the national parks? Just kidding. But they're up there. Yeah. Honestly, for me, ranger programs are always kind of like a bonus um, because you go to the national parks and you rarely go to them for the ranger programs. You're going to Correct. them to see the magnificent views or the like splendid wildlife or whatever it is. But then you get there and you have this big program handed to you of all of these awesome ranger programs that are almost, uh, they're majority free. For sure. Yeah, it's totally a bonus, especially since we had this this year of traveling in the national parks where we were kind of spoiled um, as far as cost goes of all these activities. And now we're planning all of these other trips, not to the national parks. And we're like, wait, we have to pay for all of these tours. We have to pay for these lectures and these uh, museums and everything. Where when you go to a national park, you get all of that like for the entrance fee, pretty much. So much stuff to cram in your old noggin. Yeah. <laughs> Yours doesn't have very much room. So. <laughs> That's because it's so full already. It I've is. been doing a lot so head. much learning. Right? <laughs> so much to go. <laughs> um, so we're going to start. We're, we grouped these into two categories, free programs and paid programs, because there are some very amazing programs that are not free in the national parks. So we're going to start with the free ones because those are fun and free. Yeah, number one, 
or I mean, no particular order, I guess, like always, but the fossil hunt at Cuyahoga Valley. So I really liked this one because, you know, it wasn't anything spectacular. It was something, but maybe it was because it was so nostalgic. Uh, because in Missouri, we have tons of creek beds that are littered with, you know, tons of rocks, limestone, whatever. Just, you know, you, you don't think anything of it. But when you actually take the time to uh, pick these things up and examine them, and start looking at all of the different impressions on these rocks. It, it's so cool what you find. And it just really took me back to being a kid again and, and having that that hunt for, uh, you know, these the coolest rock <laughs> and the uh, just curiosity that came with um, trying to figure out what thing made this uh, little mark on a rock. Yeah, what I liked about the program a lot was that it was – unstructured it was Mm -hmm. it was more like a rain two rangers are going to be in this area kind of talk to you about what to do and then you can just go up to them and ask a million questions and get all the information you need and it's not like a structured like okay we're gonna walk here and say this and then here and say this which a lot of programs are and those are amazing too but this one for sure allowed for that curiosity to play out a lot more in the form of questions (laughs) and information and and stuff that you wouldn't necessarily know like the fact that um Cuyahoga Valley sponsors an alternative spring break trip every year for um from uh I don't know which college but some college sends a bunch of kids to Cuyahoga Valley and they volunteer for a week um and I I it might be multiple weeks multiple colleges but they so they have an alternative spring break program they have all this really cool they work in collaboration with the nearby college to to do these fossil hunts. Yeah, and that there were college students while we were there. So they were kind of brought their fossil analysis kit and they had some microscopes where you could get a closer look of things. Uh, yeah, but then there were just regular people like us who were like, "Ooh, let's <laughs> let me see. Look, it looks like a worm." <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it was. I think the unstructured part of it just kind of let your curiosity roam free. Definitely. And it was uh, nice and relaxing too, laid back. And do you remember how amazing all the other programs at Cuyahoga Valley were? This is worth a mention because Cuyahoga Valley had amazing ranger programs. Yeah, especially in the fall. Yeah, they because they're sandwiched in between Akron and Cleveland. Uh, Ohio, they really cater to like these city people that come for the weekends and come for the evenings. They have like fitness programs and they have a farmer's market and they have um, all of these really, really interesting collaborations with the community that we got to be a part of. So that was really exciting. Yeah, it's big with day users. And one of our favorite other uh, programs was this uh, haunted what was it? Haunted story, haunted it was like a tales. Haunted hike. Yeah. So basically, Not we haunted, went haunted. More like a ghost stories. Ghost stories hike. Exactly. Yeah. So we went on this hike and we stopped at different points, like at twilight, going into the the darkness. Um, stopped at different points and heard ghost stories from kind of around the area, and the people telling them were dressed up, you know, in old time. Uh, outfits and it, it was, was really cool yeah it was very charming hot chocolate at the end yeah bonus bonus okay number two 
is available at a lot of parks, but our favorite was the one in particular at Crater Lake, and that was the snowshoe program. Yeah, and they provide you snowshoes, so that's awesome. You don't have to buy them yourselves. It's free. Or rent, or you you know, you can rent and do this on your own from another company, but why? Why would you? Yeah. Uh, if you've never snowshoed before, first, it's just super easy, but also going with a ranger, you know, in a, a line of maybe 15 people is, you know, a super low stress way to go and uh, you're definitely not going to fall off the cliff into crater lake <laughs> bonus <right. laughs> all sorts of bonuses so we hiked around and climbed you know up the rim of the crater lake got some great views but my best my favorite part probably the only re- real reason <laughs> why this is on our top 10 it was so cool is because at one point when the ranger started just hiking us up this hill and we had no idea why we were just hiking up this random hill that went forever and we could tell we weren't going to get to the top um but then we got to this stopping point and he's like all right now we're going to reenact what it's like to be a water droplet (laughs) And, and we thought he was nuts but he um like zipped up his jacket he um, and, and he just basically dove down on the snow and body sledded his way like, I don't know, 100 yards, not 100 yards, 50 yards at least yeah, down the hill. Yeah, it was pretty far. It was yeah. steep too. It was, not, it was not a walk in the park. It was kind of scary, but it was really cool. You just, you know, head first, uh, snowshoes up. <laughs> held him up in the air and just slid right down and once a few people went it was so slick and fast and I think we both had like some sort of rain jacket or um like slick like vest or something that made it go so fast and And that was really fun yeah I was last so yeah you got this the fastest yeah I did yeah um (laughs) you just man you zoomed down that thing and then you hit the I mean where people were kind of standing and so you started to slow down but basically you just tumbled after that all through the snow until you stopped it was Um, really fun though yeah all right number three they also just FYI the programs at Crater Lake run November 26th through April 30th so a pretty good season pretty long season of snowshoeing just so you know and other other parks are probably similar uh, timelines. We also did snowshoeing at Lassen Volcanic and Yosemite, but they have them all over the place. All right, you bring in number three because I think it was one of your very favorites. Because we got to use the hashtag find your bark. <laughs> Is that <Maybe>. why? <laughs> so, our very last national park was a very special one, and it was Denali in Alaska. And they have a super interesting situation. Where they use sled dogs, they use they use them in the park. They use them in the winter, but in the summer, the sled dogs do demonstrations for park visitors, and it's so cool. So they they have these kennels that have been there for how long? So long, like a hundred years. Could not tell you. Yeah. Um, they've been the kennels have been there there forever. That they've used the sled dogs because they're more reliable. Even now, they're more reliable than snowmobiles and snow machines that break down and then they're stranded 
So to service the different like backcountry areas of the park, they use sled dogs in the winter. Um, so in the summer, they live in these kennels. And of course, all of these dogs are rescues. So a lot of them don't have like the classic blue eyes that you would see in in uh, Balto. Yeah, in huskies. But so a lot of them are like part husky or something. But they're so sweet and they're so trained. And what they do. Why don't you talk about this part? Okay. I've, so, talked, I've been talking a lot. First, you go into <laughs> the kennels area, and they're just kind of lounging, mostly very used to humans. And you can go and pet them all, and um, that's really fun. Take pictures with them. Like, I'm sure they've gotten pictures taken with m- literally millions of people. But um, then you finally, actually, you, you go and sit. They kind of say, all right, let's get over for the demonstration. They herd everybody over to the viewing area. And then the cool part is that the dogs at this point know what's happening because they do this every day, I think three times a day. And there are, I don't know, over 20 dogs, probably closer to 30 dogs, and I think five or so five or six each day get to or each time get to be released to go do this run and it's so cool to see how excited they get by just doing this demonstration that literally takes 30 seconds of running around a gravel track yeah they are ready to go ready Um, to go so we're on in the viewing area and the trainers unleash the dogs from their pen and they go nuts zooming over to where the cart is they hook them up they take two lightning speed laps around the um, dirt track and then they just let them go and they run right back to their uh, dog houses it's pretty amazing how uh, first fast and efficient and trained they are um Definitely. Yeah. And I, I really liked hearing the history and the um, the functionality of the dogs for the park, how they the, the park relies on dogs still for transportation. And it's, it's really interesting in that in that sense, too. Yeah. So number four is for our free program still in the Grand Canyon, the scorpion hunt at Phantom Ranch. This one was, once you got down into Phantom Ranch, they have the, the Bright Angel campground and the Phantom Ranch kind of bunks. Um, and at night, they have, first, when we were there, a trivia uh, program, which was super cool. And we kind of dominated. Yeah, it became, we dominated because it was all National Parks questions. Um, but, n- not to brag... Uh, the part you after so that, sound like you want to brag. <laughs> the part after that was a scorpion hunt because it had gotten all the way dark, and at the horse corral that they have near the near the lodge, uh, there are these scorpions that come out at night, and the ranger takes you over there there and shines a black light around all of the horse corral pillars. And they're stone pillars, and you can see all of these scorpions who have crawled out onto the stone. And you can see them because they light up neon green. So that was just the craziest thing, is seeing these 
glow in the dark scorpions yeah. all over the place. And of course they're little. They're like what, maybe two inches long, inch and a half. They're little. And that's why they always tell you to shake out your shoes in the morning before you put them on at the Grand Canyon if you're in the canyon um, because of these little guys. But mostly they just stuck around this this little wooden um, corral area. But we got to, yeah, we got to look at them with the flashlights and we found them right away. And it was really interesting, really unique. So number five, tell us about that one. Oh my goodness. Number five was something we planned like almost our, the first leg of our trip around this so that we could for sure go to this. And this was the Astronomy Festival at Great Basin. It's a free event that happens one weekend every year during the like darkest, best night sky of the year, basically. They kind of figure that out. Um, but we went last September of 2015 and it was one of the coolest things we did all year. Yeah, and it's one of the most popular times for Great Basin, Basin Nas- National Park. Astronomers come from all over, like one of the keynote speakers was from Florida, and they have a bunch of talks, a bunch of, like, we learned about black holes, we learned about constellations, we learned about light pollution, and yeah, there was a, a lecture every night. Um, there was a documentary one night um, about light pollution that was really interesting. Um, there were, yeah, just all of these free programs throughout the day. And then at night, each night, they had a star party out in the parking lot led by the rangers and the, all of these, um, some amateurs, some professional astronomers, who just would set up their telescopes and you just walk around and they they tell you what you're looking at and you look at it and it's really cool really yeah. fun yeah and, and everybody was just so nice they you could tell they just loved sharing their passion of astronomy looking up at the stars and learned a ton um, it's a great event if you have any kids they would love it um, or if you don't have kids, the thing I was a little bit worried about was that it was going to be crowded because I w- it said it was like the most popular weekend of the year. But even for the most popular weekend of the year, Great Basin was so uncrowded. It was amazing, amazingly uncrowded. We, um, yes, there were more people here than maybe some other parks, but we had come from zion yeah <laughs> and then before that the grand canyon and so we this was great this was amazing we still got a camp oh, drive up a first come first serve campsite the very last one actually yeah but we were it was like late in the afternoon so we didn't expect too much um so we were able to get a campsite um without too much trouble and then we were on on most of the hikes that we did it was pretty good and then of course yeah this uh this astronomy festival was incredible so cool to be a part of and i'm really glad we planned it around that weekend fyi this year it's september 21st through the 23rd so put it into your calendar make it part of your road trip it's worth it okay as we move into the paid ranger programs um these range so much in price um from i guess the ones we're talking about range from eight dollars to 96 dollars so just keep in mind that there's always options you can weigh when you're going to a park some things you'll want to splurge on some things you'll want to maybe save money on um but since we just talked about great basin let's keep talking about great basin because 
one of their tours was in our top five paid programs as well. Yeah, this was the Layman Cave Tour. So in Great Basin, one of the big things to do is go on the cave tour, and it was just $8. Well, $8 for the 60 minutes, $10 for the 90 minutes, which is what we did. Oh, man, we were big spenders, weren't we? The huge spenders. We, we splurged that extra $2. <laughs> Look at us go. That probably cost like half of an ice cream uh half gallon you know that extra well a full one if between the two of us just stop that's how we that's how we um measured everything we we weren't eating an abundant amount of ice cream at that point well that's true but still when i look back on things i like to measure them and how much ice cream we could have gotten for the money okay that'll be fun for the rest of my life (laughs) um anyway the layman cave tour super interesting cave like the national parks have a lot of really cool caves but this was so interesting because it had all these features, all of these um, formations that you don't see very many other places. For example, Cave Shields. It They said it's in one of only a couple hundred caves in the country out of like the thousands and thousands of caves that there are. Yeah. I should have looked that up. But it's very <laughs> rare and, and it's found here in Layman Caves. And overall, the formations were just all over the place like um the most formation rich cave that i've probably ever been to so that was just really interesting to pack so much into a pretty small tour honestly um because and it was just really interesting learned about the history of the cave learned about uh, the different types of formations and at one point you know the ranger showed us where the early explorers had to blast through the stalactites because they had you know basically blocked the path through so that's how much and how dense the the formations are yeah super cool highly recommend it when you're there for the astronomy festival which you should go to also <laughs> um but y- you should also buy if you do go during the astronomy festival you should buy your tickets in advance because they do kind of fill up otherwise i think it's pretty pretty you're pretty safe to buy them there okay, so next one yeah let's also stay in our fall um first leg of the trip in the utah area okay uh we went to or i guess southwest ish area I'm talking Mesa Verde, the hike and bike tour. Of Wetherill Mesa. Yeah, so great. So wonderful. One of the best values for sure because this tour is four and a half hours long and only $15. So it's a lot of good, intimate time with a ranger. Um, we happened to show up for our tour and the other, the only other two people that had been signed up um, didn't want to go because it was sprinkling. So we ended up giving getting a totally private tour with our ranger. Yeah, and it was... With two rangers. Yeah, actually, that was so cool because you, ha- you had to bring your own bike and you biked through some of the trails around Wetherill Mesa and then you'd park your bike, you'd get off at this trailhead and you'd hike, you know, a quarter mile out to this overlook where you saw a cliff dwelling you know a few hundred feet away and it was just really interesting to see 
uh, all of these different sites and hear about each one because there's so much that you can't understand about a place just by looking at it. You really have to have, it, it just really helps to have a ranger there interpreting mm-hmm. the history, interpreting the what life was like. So that was really cool. They also just, as we are walking, uh, pointed out different things along the trail. I think that's the first time we learned of... Mormon tea. Oh, Mormon tea. I remember that clearly, yeah. I was going to say... Uh, the oh, uh, bio- bi- cryptobiotic soil Yeah, crust. cryptobiotic soil. I'm glad you remembered the name because I was blanking. <laughs> yeah, that's when we learned about a lot of these things. I remember them... Yeah, I remember our ranger being really cool, pointing out everything because it was such a small tour. She had a lot of time to really explain anything that we had questions about or wanted more explanation on. The coolest part, though, was the actual tour of Long's of the Longhouse. Oh, very true. Yeah. Yep. So, and that was because it was private because they do offer tours of this um, cliff dwelling, but it's it's usually with a big group of twenty or so. Um, this is a small group, so and it, you just get to talk about things as you're going through. There's not like a set structured speech that she gives. Yeah, us and the ranger just walking among all of these rooms in the middle of a cliff um, that were uh, a thousand years old. Super, yeah, very, super cool. very worth it too. If you have, if you have bikes, um, super worth it. We also enjoyed the other. We did a lot of tours here. We did the um, the cliff house. We did the balcony house. Um, so we also did the other main main. Uh, tours on the other on the main oh my gosh i'm messing this up on the chapin mesa yes thank you <laughs> i was blank i'll on get that to too. it eventually at the end the cool thing about the cliff palace tour was that it was a reenactment tour guide or reenactor tour guide <laughs> i like that part i didn't love that <laughs> it's just a, an interesting twist like she had a character that she played and she told the tour from that perspective and brought some history into it. Yeah, that was interesting. Unique, for sure. All right, you pick the next one. Oh, okay. Let's go with uh, one that I didn't, I, I did like. I appreciate that I went, but I won't ever do it again. You might do it again in a heartbeat. And that's, I would say so. And that's the Wild Cave Tour in Mammoth Cave. And oh my goodness, guys, usually when the national parks say strenuous, it means that we'll still totally be fine. <laughs> but not you in might this case. Break, you might break one droplet of sweat on a stren- strenuous hike. Especially if it's ranger-led. You can, usually you can, I don't know, usually we're, we can uh, see that and be like, eh, we'll be fine. But this one was so strenuous. It was <laughs> so accurate. Um, really hard. Army crawling through water in like two feet of space or less really crazy lots of squeezes lots of some climbing some like steep drop-offs that you have to try to avoid um lots of really intense stuff and i was so sore so dirty of course they give you they give you all of the um like jumpsuit the overalls overalls the canvas overalls and you have gloves and you have a helmet and you have knee pads knee pads headlamp 
and headlamp. They and it's fifty five dollars, so it is a little more expensive. But it's six hours, and it's a long full day. So yeah, and it's for, an experience. Like for sure, we you very rarely get to do this intense of caving. Uh, it's really hard to get this type of thing just but as a public person getting into a cave because. It, Honestly, it's so it's dangerous to go, you know, explore on your own. Like, well, this, and you really sure. have to know. So. Yeah, you really have to know where you're going, um, and so that helped a lot. Obviously, they have a few different routes that they take, but the one that we did was really cool and just kind of wove in and out of the some of the like hidden passages. And there were times when we were on the main path where the other the the guided tours go. So we were standing up sometimes, but most of the time we were crawling for six hours for like a long time <laughs> did you ever feel unsafe i never felt unsafe i just felt sometimes when we were we were on our stomachs and there was someone in front of me someone behind me and then like just water underneath me and rocks above me and i i just felt a little bit like i'm excited to sit up again nothing terrible though i i did feel like really hardcore the whole time we were in there <laughs> <laughs> you earned your stripes it was, as tony the tiger would it was say definitely one of the most intense um experiences that we did all year i yeah. would say and this one was interesting too because we went with my family my mom and dad and younger sister and they um my dad is you know a bigger chested guy at least and he basically got stuck in the very first super tight squeeze we went through that they kind of used to weed out the uh, squeamish people um and there's a turnoff right after that that where they can you can say okay never mind i want to get out and so he did he he opted out when he finally did get through but it was just really really took a long time when when they say i think they say 42 inches waist right or not waist uh chest size, at any point any 42 point. inches of your you know circumference and of your they body. super duper mean it like there was i mean my butt barely fit through that hole <laughs> it was tight it took a long time a lot of wiggling and squeezing for for us to get through even for cole to get through even for cole's mom to get through like it it just took it was tight it was very tight so there's that <laughs> yeah um <laughs> So, I don't know, just be prepared, but also it's a one-of-a-kind experience uh, that we didn't find, even in the, the crawling tours in other caves, there was nothing as intense as the wild cave tour at Mammoth Cave National Park. Okay, next one we will be talking about, which was highly recommended to us, and we super enjoyed it. I felt like it lived up, especially for just $10.00 was the Joshua Tree Keys Ranch Tour. Yeah, so this is number nine, and it's in Joshua Tree National Park in a, a really kind of off-the-beaten-path area. The only reason you would go is to get to this ranch well, where... Well, it's closed off. You cannot get there unless you're yeah. in a tour. Sure. It's it's a locked gate. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> So yeah, this is a place where the a guy. Uh, do you rem- remember Keys. his name? Oh, <laughs> that's why it's the Keys tour. So this Keys guy. That's why it's the Keys Ranch. Yeah, it's the, Keys. Okay, it's Keys Ranch. 
And he was a guy who lived there for basically on his own when nobody else was living in the area for decades. Um, and he built all of this self-sustaining, uh, r- I don't know, ranch stuff, like had his own uh, fruit trees and nuts and his own kind of dam that he built nearby uh, to get water from and uh, just built you know the retaining wall for it totally self-sufficient it was just super cool to see his house and his kind of storage area he turned a an old car into, into a, a chicken, coop. chicken coop yeah and he just has like so much stuff and I feel like it's it's like glorified hoarding, sort of. Yeah, it's a, almost a junkyard in the grounds around it. But the way that they've kind of preserved it at this point is really interesting. And it's just like a, you know, walk through museum. Museum of all of this stuff and how he lived out there in the desert on his own. Yeah, and nothing rusts or nothing deteriorates really in this desert weather so uh it's super old stuff just scattered everywhere and our guide was really cool too so he had you know you could tell he'd been doing the tours forever um and it's also one of those ones that's super popular um we i think we called multiple times trying to figure out if there was an opening and we finally were able to snag a cancellation a few cancellation spots so we got in last minute but i definitely recommend booking ahead of time if you know you're going there Um, and it's only ten dollars for a 90 minute tour so definitely worth it super worth it last but not least number 10 this was our most expensive tour and also the biggest um like went back and forth weren't sure if we were going to actually go through with it the biggest toss-up. We finally decided to do it, and I'm so glad. And this was the uh, Valley of the 10,000 Smokes tour in Katmai National Park. Yeah, and most people know Katmai because of the brown bears. You know, the all the brown bears that feed on the salmon at Brooks Falls, and we love seeing that. But the other really cool thing, actually the reason the park became a national park was because it was the site of a gigantic volcanic explosion uh, of um, what Nova Rupta was the name of this volcano uh, volcanic explosion and it was I don't know multiples multiples like 10 times the power of St. Helens or something um, just changed the whole landscape of the entire peninsula basically Um, and it was, so you take a bus back there from Brooks camp where you're camping, where you're seeing all the bears, take a bus back uh, over an hour into the middle of this, what becomes a wasteland of, you know, all of the volcanic activity that just covered everything with ash over a hundred years ago. Do you remember exactly the time? I don't. It was, I, I believe, uh, early 1900s. Not sure. But everything's still covered with layers and layers of ash, and you can hike down a ways into 
the the landscape and just see these rivers that have carved through the ash and have exposed like all of these layers of beautiful canyons canyons of gray and i described it as um canyon lands meets haleakala meets glacier (laughs) because you've got the, the like the almost like the rock canyon rock landscape but then it's like it's this volcano and then you've got all these beautiful mountains in the background and so it's like the craziest um like meeting of all these different kind of landscapes plus there was a super tasty lunch oh it was really good yeah we recommend there's an option to not get it not get lunch which is which was is 88 dollars instead of 96 dollars um, but it was totally worth it not to have to bring lunch. And we got sandwiches and cookies and uh, there's some, oh, apple cider. That was the really good thing I remember. Also, a little bargain tip for this one. Get this coupon book that we use throughout our Alaska travels called Tour Saver. Alaska Tour Saver. Um, yeah, we would, pr- we definitely, I don't think we would have done it without it because yeah. we got buy one, get one free, which made each one of our tickets only, you know, $48. <laughs> yeah. So $96 for two. And this was, I mean, all the coupons in tour saver are buy one, get ones. And it's for all types of tours, uh, a few train tickets, we used, restaurants. We used it uh, a lot. We like used it in Wrangell St. Elias for eight a glacier times or tour. They also have um, the, the Wrangell St. Elias, the Kennecott Lodge. They have a, a helicopter tour in that park. And then they have this one in Katmai. They have the train to Denali. They have um, a campground that we stayed at near Kenai Fjords. The, all cool, a lot of, of, of stuff that's not national parks too. Most of the museums in all of Alaska are buy one, get one free. A lot of hotel rooms, a lot of rental cars, and a lot of really cool deals. So yeah, we totally recommend Alaska Tour Saver uh, for your Alaska trip if you're going to be there an extended amount of time. Look into the deals, of course, if you're going to use them. I think it's a, it's $99 for the coupon book mm-hmm. but we more than got our money's worth so and we totally recommend the valley of 10,000 smokes go for the bears but don't miss the valley because that's it's just a really cool change of pace a different perspective on the park especially um, if you're there for more than t- a day because yeah. if you're there for a day stay for the bears if you're there for two days, take one day of bears, one day of valley of 10,000 smokes because it's about a full day. I think we left around 8.30 or 9 and we got back maybe at 4, 4 or 5. So yep. it's a full day. Um, so really cool. Super recommend. Had a lot of fun. Learned a lot. Are you ready for the lightning round? Yes, <laughs> I am. So we went through our top 10. Now we're going to hit four wish lists. And eight mentionables. Gosh, we're such cheaters. Honorable mentions. Let's do those first. Okay. Uh, The honorable mentions include, I'll do the first four. Okay. uh, The boat tours at Kenai Fjords. So we didn't put these on because they're technically not a ranger program because they're operated by private companies. Many of them do have rangers that join the tours for interpretation. But this boat tour in Kenai Fjords is one of the best 
uh, You're not being very lightning. Okay. Then, number two, <laughs> Big Cypress canoeing. Um, actually, it was kayaking. Well, uh, we kayaked. Everyone else had a canoe. Oh, that's true. But that's why it's, I said it's canoeing. It's free. It's free. Canoes. Free canoe. Free canoeing uh, trip. And you just go through the mangroves and everything, see some gators from your boat. Really cool. And slough slogging. So it's basically a swamp walk through you know you bring shoes you can get wet because you're going to be walking right through the uh the, the water the, right the slough whatever that is okay number it's three dirty is what it is the glacier bay uh author talk which was really interesting because it was we just happened to be there at the same time the author was there who had written the book for the centennial it was the book that talked about the whole 100-year history of the NPS and what yeah, the next 100 years would the look National like. The National Geographic book, like the book. Yeah, sponsored and by he was from Gusta- the NPS and MPF. He was from Gustavus, where Glacier Bay is. Right. So super coincidence, but really cool. Number four, the Fort Jefferson tour at Dry Tortugas. You, I mean, <laughs> there's not much... You know, very limited set of things to do on Dry Tortugas, but the Fort Jefferson tour is one of them, and it's super cool because it's just really a unique uh, fort, and you get led around it, you know, right when you get there. Uh, Lots of cool history there. Okay, number five, the flower walk at Death Valley, because we were there during the super bloom. They had um, a, a ranger walk around and show us all the different flowers. And Cole loved that because he loves flowers. <laughs> He's my flower guy. He it's it's awesome. I like that he likes flowers. Okay. And I get you flowers all the time. She yeah. Number six. Uh, is this number six? Yeah, number six. The Saguaro driving tour was really interesting. This was the only tour I think we went on all year where you drive your own car and stop at different spots along the the scenic drive. And this was in the east section. Correct. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, really cool. Just learned a lot about, got uh, lo- learned a lot about the the research and the some of the cutting down of the swaros that had happened and not cutting down. What am I thinking of? Oh, the like the climate change that that you can see directly affecting the the swaro growth and the regrowth and the like the return of the swaros kind of. Anyway, the the bounce back <laughs> somewhat. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Okay, number seven. I'm trying to do this lightning round. <laughs> yeah, you're going. My brain great. is my brain is lightning. Okay, <laughs> your brain is number seven. Molasses. <laughs> number seven. The music. Thank you. The music <laughs> festival at Denali. We happened to go during this cool music festival where they had um, these student composers come and stay in the park for a little bit and compose. Uh, songs about Denali and it was really interesting to hear them talking about their songs and then we heard them and then they also had a bunch of other musicians throughout the weekend uh, perform. Number eight was the Kennecott Historic Tour at Wrangell St. Elias and this you you can pay for it. Um, You can pay and I think you get to go inside the actual Kennecott mine but we just did the Ranger program which was still probably the same information but free and you didn't go to go inside but you did get to walk all the way around the mine um, and see some of the 
highlights and learn mostly learn about the area okay there's the lightning round one more list because we're such cheaters we cannot get we cannot make it just 10 <laughs> hey you wrote these notes so i blame I you know. okay our wish list Number one, the bat flight in Carlsbad Caverns. Yeah, these are these. So these are programs we've not been on, but we want to. Yeah, that is that is definitely the number one program I'd want to go to. You just see thousands and thousands of bats flying out of the cavern at dusk. Number two, Voyager's boat tour. So we were too early in the season to get to it, but. During the summer season, they have, I don't know, what what is it exactly? Boat tours? All sorts of boat tours around yeah. the islands. Yeah. I it guess. just sounds really cool. I think it's paid. Well, I know it's paid. Um, but they, they do have a couple of free ones, I think, actually, that are, not, that, are, that are not paid. Okay, the next one would be the Biscayne boat tours, which we totally missed out on because we um, went during a time where they didn't have any concessionaires working. So... We didn't get to go out to the actual keys of Biscayne, so we'd obviously like to do that in the future. And then finally on our wish list would be a full moon hike. They have a lot of these throughout the, the national parks. We saw them at places like Saguaro too, but I'd really like to do one at Bryce Canyon. That's high on my list. All right. So that's our list. That's our ranger programs. Yeah, the ranger programs are so amazing, like we said, because they're kind of just this bonus thing that you don't necessarily go to the park for, unless it's the astronomy festival, <laughs> but you get so much more out of your experience if you take time to join in one of these tours. And they're a great way to meet people, not just the rangers, but all of the people who go on the tour with you because you're gonna walk together you're gonna share introductions share where you're from all that good stuff so it was always fun to kind of connect with other people because sometimes we just you know went a few days and we're just doing our own thing and it was fun to um, make some personal connections Um, and they uh, yeah just when you get to a, a park don't forget to check out the newspaper they give you. Check out when the ranger programs all are. Write down some ones that maybe take you through hikes that you would have done anyway and see which ones fit right in with your schedule because they're um, not to be underestimated, a super good opportunity to get more information than you ever could have uh, without having to read all those Uh, wordy signs but I love doing that too okay well thank you guys for checking us out today we'll be back next week to share how we budgeted for our year-long trip in particular we'll be chatting about our experiences at Capitol Reef and Redwood National Parks if you enjoyed the podcast we'd love for you to share us with a friend give us a rating on iTunes or find us on social media at Switchback Kids and you can always get additional National Park videos, posts, guides, and more on our blog at switchbackkids.com. Switchbacks out. out.